Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. I am joined alongside Mr. Endo Mills. Of course, Sin always gets to miss the really fun episodes, as, of course, due to his schedule, he has to alternate every Tuesday. But Endo and I are here to talk about everything in the world of hockey, the good, the bad, a lot more bad than we'd hope as of late, but the bad. But to start off the show, Endo... How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> um, I prepared myself for this show. Uh, that's all I will mm-hmm. say. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm optimistic uh, about the future. That just just all of the future, not not mm-hmm. pertaining to anything. Just just all of the future. <laughs> Fair enough. Now we do have business to attend to, and then it will be a kind of a you know a hard turn to our main talking point today. Uh, But of course, I do have to mention to you guys that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Of course, you can use code TUGI there for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. And as well, our friends at Thrive Fantasy still have an offer out for all of you guys. You can click the link in the description. Or if you go and sign up at Thrive Fantasy, use code TUGI, you get a lovely little offer where, of course, they'll match the dollar amount up to your first $100 deposited there. Thrive Fantasy, the top place, of course, for prop bets. So go check that out if you haven't already. And again, a big thank you to both of those, uh, to both of, to both of those brands, of course, for working with us. Now, like I said, it is it's a it's a sharp, harsh turn. We try to start off some shows in a, in a positive way. If you've listened to the show, if you've watched the show, I think you know that we like to have fun here. At the end of the day. Uh, that's a reason why I brought Endo and Sin onto this show. At the end of the day, we are just three absolute goofs who happen to like the same things for the most part. Uh, but there really aren't, uh, any other topics that we could kick off this show with. Viewer questions wouldn't be right. The day by day wouldn't be right. Uh, we need to, we need to talk about what happened over the weekend. Uh, obviously just a, uh... You know, not not all that long. Just a couple of days after the incident involving uh, Boko Amama, of course, and uh, the AHL player Christoph Hrabic uh, being suspended for 30 games, there was another incident in the ECHL. And I'll say this, like, for this show, I think the easy thing to do would be to just throw it to Endo. Have Endo speak on it. Why would I do that, Endo? Well, again, because you are a black man. And at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, as... I think a lot of people in my position are like, hey, this is not my place to speak. But as we've seen so many people say, it's not just up to you as a black man to speak on this issue. There is also the responsibility for someone like me to be like, hey, I'm willing to say this is ridiculous. This needs to change. So... I will recap the incident. I will give my thoughts on the incident, how I viewed it, how I viewed it originally, how I view it now, and you feel free to interrupt me at any possible time that you want. Because admittedly, I am in that spot where I'm like, I, <laughs> I do feel like it's more important to hear your side of things with this than mine. But at the end of the day, it is our show together. You know, it might be my name there at the front, but there is not this podcast right now without you, without sin, especially without you. You were the first person to be able to step up and help me keep up this show. My so heart. <laughs> I wanted to put that out there. ECHL game between the Jacksonville Icemen and these, uh, God, the South Carolina Stingrays, excuse me. From what we know, confrontation in the corner, uh, Jordan Subban, 
uh, was essentially being escorted away by an official from the rest of the players on the ice while still sharing words with Jacksonville defenseman Jacob Panetta, who then proceeded, at the very least, to gesture slash pose towards Jordan Subban who then turned around for all intents and purposes and beat the brakes off of Panetta. Yeah. Any Anything there? Should I continue on with the little recap of what happened? I think that's uh, spot on uh, so far. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I, feel like, I feel like I'm like the checkpoint, like, you know, you're driving, uh, <laughs> like it was old school games you're going through, like uh, right. rally racing. It's like, oh, checkpoint. Yeah, you're good. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say, too, for those of you watching on the video side of things, for some reason today, Endo's uh, webcam is having a freezing issue. Uh, we'll try to have him fix that as much as possible, but please bear with us for this episode. We're doing what we have to do. Yes, yeah, um, I think I hit my computer the wrong way, and uh, it just, like, <laughs> it makes me freeze in time. Fair enough. I'll have it fixed. Um, and and to, uh, to go back on that again, I said to you just before we started recording this show as well, this is one of those things, much like the Kyle Beach situation, where I felt it extremely necessary to try and not forget any little aspect of this story. So I have no problem admitting to the people that listen to the show, like, I, you know, I care about this. I want to make sure that we don't forget any talking point, which is why I'm going to bounce the stuff off of Endo, of course. Subban uh, then went to Twitter after the game. He responded to a tweet from the Jacksonville Iceman account, which had mentioned penalties being called after a fight. Uh, Jordan Subban stating that Panetta refused to fight after he was caught making monkey gestures towards Subban as Subban was turning around. And then again, you had uh, the fight there as well. I don't think we forgot anything as far as that is concerned in the original tweet from Jordan Subban. That tweet instantly gained traction. Uh, for a variety uh, of different reasons, of course, people sharing the clips of the incident that happened to be captured from those in attendance, and uh, of course, as well, you had players commenting, particularly Jordan's brother, PK. The next morning, uh, and actually, if anything, rather quickly, at least one of the two Twitter accounts seemingly tied to Jordan Panetta uh, was deleted. The Jacksonville Icemen initially released this statement stating the Jacksonville Icemen are cooperating with the league review of the incident that occurred last night uh, against South Carolina. As an organization, our fans, partners, and sponsors know our core values, and we intend to make comments and decisions after the completion of the league review. That was their initial statement. Your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> man, it's, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot. Um, like I, I'm going to cut right to like, well, to how I feel about this whole situation. Um, feel free. I think the one thing that I'm noticing is like, this was, this was like, it's even hard to talk about like right now, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, how do I, I, like, I don't know, like, it's like, we're having a cake. You don't know where to dive into first. And uh. I think, I think I'm just going to s- start, uh, Oh, give me a second. Okay, it's hard to speak. Uh, for for just for like all clarification purposes, um, I have a massive headache, so I'm dealing with that in a certain way, and I may be less responsive. Uh, forgive me, forgive me, my lord. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's how I feel. I think because of certain things being refreshed people's minds in regards to what happened to Boko Imama, and 
this situation um, hmm. flat off, I think it's amazing that people are willing to stand up to something like this. I think that's the big picture. I think I'm jumping way too ahead mm. right now, but the big picture of all this is that um, the, the amount of people who came out in support uh, after this whole weekend, both for Imaba and for Superman, were mm-hmm. outstanding. It would, yeah. uh, to me, outstanding is uh, is an oversight, but I think it should be as like it should be the norm. People should be calling this stuff out. Um, yeah. as for uh, Jordan Subban, his situation, uh, I don't. It's it's really weird because my brain triggered to after hearing about the incident and the uh, the ja- and like him doing the gesture. Um, I was reluctant uh, to like take any sort of like hearing from any other side of that where that happens. Like mm-hmm. this is clearly what's happening. Someone saw what happened a few a few days ago on the ruling that happened last week uh, about this, and they're just um, and they're just just repeating it, which I think would be hilarious in, in, that, in that sense. Um, yeah. And like, and then you hear at the end of all this, like he comes out with a statement saying they had no intention and all this and all that. And mm-hmm. however, the one thing that people get confused is that he says that he didn't see any malice in that, that I, that he did that gesture, but yeah. to someone else who's recurring and certain things happening around the league, like mm-hmm. it may be a different league, but they're still far, they're like the farm system. And, and along with yeah. that, yeah. I'll interject. That is my biggest takeaway from this. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether or not you think Jordan uh, Panetta actually did this, or excuse me, uh, uh, Jacob Panetta, of course. Yeah. Um, regardless of whether or not you think it was just a muscle taunt or it was something outright racist, the way Jordan Subban reacted is completely justified. Yeah. Because it's not out of the question that that would have been the worst case scenario that Jordan thinks he saw and still may think that he saw. And if again, if he feels that way, he is more than justified to feel that way because that is the entire point. I think uh, PK ended up sending, saying something pretty much similar in a press conference where think... I don't think this incident more so was about, I mean, it is, right? It is about whether or not he did or didn't. Mm -hmm. But it is also about the idea of why would Jordan Subban feel that way and view it that way. And that is because the precedent is there. It's not out of the question that somebody would act like a monkey while taunting a black player. And that is the problem. And thankfully, I feel like that's where the majority of the conversation is right now, is that Jordan Subban isn't wrong for reacting the way he did, but it just shows how far the hockey world has to go because someone like Jordan Subban feels like that legitimately could have been, and it may have been. Again, that's a really tough thing right now. In a lot of ways, it's he said, she said. And obviously, you know, it's just all intertwined, but... I think that's the biggest takeaway for me right now is it is still just a massive problem that someone like Jordan Subban would rightfully react that way because it's believable. Yeah, there's that's pretty much it. 
You, you summarized it a lot better than I probably could have, because um, I'm still kind of torn on the situation. It's like, did he do it? Per did he do it on purpose? Um, hopefully not, because that's that's a shitty thing to do. Like, what? Like, yeah. come on. Um, then the other part of me is like, he didn't. He didn't have any intent to it. But then you're you also said like, what Jordan? If you feel like he, it was an attack on him, like that's mm -hmm. that's an issue. Um, yeah, that's. That's that's it. Like I said, there's so many different mm -hmm. ways. And I was going to bring this stuff up later, but I think the problem is, and a lot of people defending Panetta are those types of people that, like, that's that's a big part of the problem, right? Like, uh, you see a lot of the, like, Twitter accounts defending Panetta, and then you check some of the little details about it, and it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're one of those people who... Uh, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> like, it almost makes you feel, like, shitty. It's like, oh, okay, I am I might possibly share an opinion with that person. Those are the type of people defending Panetta. Ugh. So yeah. it's a tough break for Panetta if he didn't actually do anything because there are some real shitty people that are using Panetta as essentially a pawn for their ridiculous narratives about fucking cancel culture and all this shit. But we look at certain incidents in the past of... Oh, it turns out things weren't exactly what we thought. And three major incidents came to mind for me. One is outside of the hockey world. The Johnny Depp situation with Amber Heard. Oh where, and, where, again, Johnny Depp's reputation was dragged through the fucking mud by Amber Heard. Only for us to then find out, oh shit, she was actually the abuser in the situation. He wasn't a saint, but she was the abuser here. Mm -hmm. The Bubba Wallace incident with the noose in, in the garage yeah. where, and I know like the last, I think the last statement Bubba gave on this was like, still like, Hey, that's still a noose. Like what the hell? But it was discovered that that tied, you know, rope for a pole door on the garage, that that had been there before Bubba Wallace, like way before Bubba Wallace had ever been using that specific, uh, specific garage. So it was their way before, so it's like, okay, well, it maybe wasn't somebody going directly after Bubba Wallace. And then, I feel like people forget this. Do you remember what happened with Morgan Riley? Oh my god, I do remember Morgan Riley. I, it took me a little bit. I, I was like, wait yeah. a minute, something happened. Because, so there was the yeah. incident where Morgan Riley was yelling, rag it, as in rag the puck. But when you yell rag it, people can hear other things. And people were losing their minds at Morgan Riley, and then it turns out no, he actually he just said ragged. Yeah. There and because of that, there is the possibility, of course, that this was just Panetta actually doing the flexing thing. Maybe it still wasn't. I'm not saying that to say Jordan Subban is wrong. Mm -hmm. And as we've both said, again. There is a reason why Jordan Subban could view that gesture a certain way, and it's because that precedent's there. So you have that complicating things. But those incidents don't invalidate the way that the Subans feel. They don't invalidate the way that any, I, for lack of a better term, that any non-white player feels when they play the sport of hockey. Like a little bit later on, I was going to mention him uh, for the Vancouver Canucks, but the idea of uh, Yushiro Hirano becoming the first Japanese-born player to score a goal in the AHL for the Abbotsford Canucks. That guy. Like, again, like, you could... 
it's one of those things where I don't know what situation you would put yourself in as to where you could make a, an offensive gesture towards somebody of Asian descent. But you think someone like Hirano playing in North America is not a little bit more weary? Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? And it's because that precedent is there and, and still very much a part of the sport. Like, it's not a part of the sport, but it exists within it. So it makes it just so tough. To, to get to the other Jacksonville statement, because they released this two hours after that first post, which I thought was a brutal first post. And as is often the case, I feel like with brands, their first post ends up being kind of shit. Oh, yeah. Um, but their second statement was, uh, quote, To be clear, our core values as an ownership group include one love and zero tolerance for racism or any other forms of hate against any group whatsoever. The platform that is the Jacksonville Icemen is one that is more than just about hockey to us as a group. It's about using this platform to spread not only love for hockey, but our love for the community and for each other. Though the investigation and review are ongoing at the league level, Keep in mind, again, their first statement said they were waiting for the review. This statement says, though it's still ongoing, the Icemen will be releasing the player involved effective immediately and will continue our mission of sharing our love of community and hockey on behalf of the entire Iceman organization. We apologize to anyone who was offended and look forward to beginning the process of healing together as one. Thank you, Andy Kaufman, Iceman CEO. That is, like, the most damage control ask post I've yeah. seen from any professional or minor league um, association that shows that they really do care or that they have a really good person writing for the PR team. Um, no, but mm. I, I believe that they, they made the right call here after that. P brands make mistakes. Companies make mistakes. Um, obviously, people don't hold them more accountable for people do hold them more accountable for stuff because they're conglomerate and all that but they made the right call um the one thing that i'm concerned about as well with the situation for panetta is mm -hmm. whether or not he did this or had this happen to him or had it be true that he had a racial intent or it was just a simple tough man tough guy gesture my camera froze again i apologize um the best way to sup to hold me a second the, the best way, I think, um, not the best way. God, sorry. It's just my words getting twisted <laughs> with all this. Uh, I mean, I feel the same way in that I'm trying to make sure, like, I don't misspeak. Yeah. Um, shout, shout out, by the way, to the people. Can I say this at the very least? The people criticizing Panetta in terms of the video that he released where he was clearly reading off of something. If I was in his position, which I will never be. But if I was in his position and innocence, I would also want to make sure I didn't miss a single point yeah. of, of any like statement in which I'm trying to defend myself. Now, of course, if he did it, then, you know, hey, he looks like a horrible person no matter what. It was but. actually what I was trying to talk about, too. Um, that, that was probably the, the best uh, way to handle the situation after with that statement. Um, hmm. But the one thing that the big issue here is regardless or not he did or didn't use the gesture, um, his, 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 he's got a stain on his life. Oh, yeah, he's 100%. Like, 
Mm-hmm. He, because of this, he is he's obviously still under investigation. And if they find nothing, he may be eligible to play in the league again. But what team's going to want to take that guy? I mean, there are teams that have done that before with certain people that we've talked about, and you know, like Mitch, Mitch Miller and all those terrible people who are still playing hockey. Um, yeah. Like, that's... Ah, man. It's tough. Yeah, it's like tough. Like I said, it's, it's tough. It's um, unfortunate. And then obviously, yeah. like, within the incident too, right? Like, there's so much to discuss that people are trying to just dissect every bit of what happened from were the crowd also yelling racial obscenities at Jordan Zuban in the camera footage that was taken? I've heard people say, yes, I could only personally hear stuff along the lines of, you know, beat his ass, but yeah, you know, that could also happen. And again, also part of the problem. There is the reaction to the fight that a lot of people are pointing out in terms of a lack of his teammates, as in Panetta's, stepping up to defend him on the ice in that moment. That can also be countered by saying, well, if these guys didn't see it and they hear something happens, are they going to jump in to defend the guy? But at the same time, then people argue, well, if they thought it was out of Panetta's character that he would have said something like that, they probably would have jumped in because that's not in his character. It's just, it's an absolute mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. We still don't really know what the full fallout from this is going to be. From Panetta's standpoint, he goes from a guy that, let's be honest, 99% of hockey fans have never heard of. Period. Like, there are not too many hockey fans outside of who might have been uh, watching him in Jacksonville or at Colgate when he went to college there. There weren't too many people watching him that or that were overly aware of of a 26-year-old, soon-to-be 27-year-old. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, by the way. His birthday's tomorrow, according wow. to Elite Prospects. Yeah. Um, there aren't too many people that would have known him before this. And now, even if it comes out that he did not say this, doesn't matter. You hear that name as a hockey fan, you were around in this moment, he's only going to be associated with one thing. And if he didn't do this... That sucks. It does. He did allude towards the fact in the video that even though it was, even though his defense is that it was the tough guy thing, he acknowledged at least how it could be viewed and admitted his fault there. Like I said, for how people are walking into this, you're going to view it one way or another. There are some people who might be willing to hear him out and say, okay, those points make sense. And then there are going to be other people I know that are just like, nope, he's lying, bullshitting, fuck him. Yeah. <sighs> like it's, it's For Jordan tough. Subban. Tough. Yeah. For Jordan Subban, uh, the Subans in general, uh, again, the way that they view this the way that they feel... Still, again, it's the biggest point I can make of this, and my biggest takeaway is they are completely valid in the way that they feel. Whether or not Panetta 
meant it as a racial taunt or not. I will keep hammering home that point that this is something that is believable. As a black player, it is not out of the question that you could be racially taunted on the ice. And that needs to fucking change. Obviously. For as many debates as we get into on Twitter, for as much as people will read and react to Andrew Shaw's defense of his cousin in Panetta, like, however this conversation goes, whatever actually happened here, for the love of God, change needs to be made. It's It all comes back to that same conversation of... Again, oh, Boko Mama for the second time in two years was racially taunted on the ice. Was anybody surprised? That's the problem. Jordan Subban felt as though, and perhaps rightfully so, and I keep saying that because, man, I don't fucking know. It certainly looks one way, the defense is believable, but I'm not going to sit here and call Jordan Subban a liar. It's pretty much how I'm trying to voice this, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it just feels honestly, like we've had this conversation so many times, like, man. There, there are too many convincing things on both sides. You have his statement afterwards saying that he didn't intend to do that whatsoever, but he sees how he could be wrong, which is a big, big component of actually admitting that you may have done something. It's like, I have done done this, but maybe to you this might have been offensive, and then I'm sorry. That's being an adult. That's that's being human than anything else, is admitting a possible fault, even if you don't think you're in the wrong, especially for something like this. And, like, either way, no one is coming out of this situation, like, almost on skate. Jordan Subban, if it's, if it's false... Jordan Subban is then deemed the liar and the Subans and all this crap, whatever. If it's deemed true, um, a Panetta's like, career, which could have probably rebounded afterwards, maybe, is tarnished. It's 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 unfortunate. I wish like that this wouldn't have been an wouldn't be an issue at all if this didn't happen back on the twelfth, or even could put a bigger fresher opinion in people's minds. And that's what gets mm-hmm. confusing because you're hot on the heels of one situation. And then something that this happens that can be perceived as something that also happened in that situation. And I think that's where it just gets messy. And I think that's the big issue as well, too. I think we could continue this conversation for the entire show, right? I mean, just surrounding the incident itself, there's so many different aspects of this to look at depending on how you feel about this, how you view this, what happened, what didn't happen. That is the only thing I can continue to emphasize is just the fact that your biggest takeaway, and I implore anybody listening to this, your biggest takeaway shouldn't necessarily be whether or not Jordan Subban potentially misread the situation. There is a chance. Jacob Panetta certainly, at the at the best, misread the situation and doing something that could be misconstrued as racist. At worst, the guy doesn't deserve to play professional hockey again, ever. Your takeaway from this should be, why would Jordan Subban feel that way? And like I said, it's, it's believable. And I, obviously, 
here. Do I have much power to change the hockey world and hockey culture in general? No. But at the very least, I feel like the least we can do for whatever platform I have been granted to have uh, within the hockey YouTube Twitch space, I'm at least going to share that opinion that if you view this and view Jordan Subban in a negative light, you need to do a little bit of reflection. And I got to be honest, you're, you're on the wrong side of it. Like I said, it's just... It's so incredibly frustrating. It goes... Just the idea that in, in 2022, we need to say that, play, that people playing hockey should be able to do so without being worried that they're going to be insulted for the color of their skin, race, religion, so on and so forth. It's, it really is one of those things, right? Where we just say, when, when does it change? And I, I obviously don't have the exact answer here, but it's just so, so frustrating. And no, I don't know how to pivot out of this. I will leave the last word to you. Again, I wish Sin was here as well to, to give his thoughts on this. But I hope, like my, my final thought on this is I hope obviously that some good can come of this. I doubt it will be the last time, but I hope it is the last time that someone like Jordan Subban ever has to feel like they're being attacked. Period. Yeah. Um, the segue out of this into something a little more positive. Um, recently, uh, today, actually, uh, a good friend of myself and Tugis Brahill... Uh, at an angry brown guy on Twitter, which actually really TikTok story. famous. Yeah, TikTok famous. Um, <laughs> he received a message today uh, from someone on Discord. Obviously, there it's anonymous. He says, "I'm a," and he he's brown. He is uh, of Pakistani descent, and um, I've been having a big stink on Twitter for the past year about how to make a community better and how to get rid of certain aspects of it and just allow for more diversity. And unity inside of it, both for both on a competitive sake, on a casual sake, and on like a, I'm, I'm gonna say like on a racial s state, if that makes sense. I I'm not saying to give us like a free boost. I'm saying to look at your community, look what people could be representatives for that small community that they could bring in as well. It's diversity, it's marketing, it's growing the game and making hockey. Making hockey for everybody. And I I believe Kevin Weeks actually quoted that and saying that hockey is for everybody. It it isn't. It has this, a long, there was a couple of people yeah. attacking that uh, that tagline for the NHL yeah. and rightfully so. And it makes sense because like it, it is for everyone. Everyone should have the right to play hockey. But there's an issue yeah. within organized sports and especially hockey, especially here in Canada and North America, within certain aspects just not letting it be for everybody and yeah. we need to make it that be better for everybody both uh in the in the real state with enjoying hockey in real life and as well the virtual state with ea nhl nhl 2k that ever comes back but just 
creating more opportunities for people and representation because uh, it's just it just helps grow it and it helps get people more eyes on the game. Um, if we, everyone's familiar with Saphir, um, I believe what, I believe Saphir's story is that like when he was younger, his parents moved him from like his home. Uh, it was like during some sort of like, it was like some crazy crazy shit was going on over there. And then he immigrated there to here and then discovered hockey through NHL. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who immigrate to Canada looking for a better life and don't know how to get into hockey or how to get into certain things that we have here. And they want to you know, become Canadian. They want to enrich themselves in the culture. And NHL could be one of the – shown as with Saphir, his, it's shown that it's the greatest way to – get someone in it's because it's a community that's well knit and everything whatsoever and when you play no one knows about what color you are or where you're from or whatever happened mm. to you when you were in grade six like no one knows that when you play online and you develop these friendships and you develop these relationships and it could help grow not only just them and become more enriched in the culture and understand other things but it could also help them become unified and then you can have those people be leaders of the community and just show people that, hey, there's someone who looks like me doing this thing. I want to do this thing and I want to feel comfortable doing it. And I think that's that's my big takeaway for this whole entire thing. I think we saw that recently, too, over the weekend with uh, Quentin Byfield. Um, there were moments there like there was a clip circulating around. Um you know, of him interacting with uh, somebody in, in the crowd, in the stands. And it's just, um, with Safir as well, I, I want to mention him. Uh, that is S-A-F-I-R, Snipes with a Z or a Z, depending on where you're from. Gold, Safir Snipes Gold on Twitter and uh, Twitch. Make sure to check him out. It's, like I said, it's a super tough conversation to have. I think we made our point. I don't want to sit here and keep hammering home the same things. Um... It has continued to be a very interesting time on this podcast, right? Uh, <laughs> like we, we, you know, we undergo the change that we underwent um, at the end of last September. And again, I've been hesitant to speak on it. The best way to sum it up, Deej and I had some creative differences, right? And what we thought was right to talk about on the show and what wasn't. And ever since that split happens, boy howdy, have we had some stuff to talk about on the show. Uh, it's it's almost impossible, I think, from a, from a hockey standpoint, to have not had at least one serious conversation about something that could be viewed as a controversial subject since this past October. I mean, again, you look at the Kyle Beach incident, you look at a, a couple of different uh, race-related incidents that we've had now it's it's been a time it's been a time but again like i said for us here and i don't want to speak for endo and sim but I, I do know they feel the same way like like i said we have this little bit of a platform we can't do too much with it we're not gonna solve racism by talking about it on a podcast but at the very least if it gets one person who likes what i do that maybe kind of thinks that way if it gets one person to maybe change their mind, then I will gladly talk about it 
to hell with anyone that views this podcast or me negatively because of it, or maybe doesn't want to sponsor the show because of it. It's important to talk about this shit. And again, like it's, it's one of those things where you got to listen. You got to listen. When people mention that this shit's going on, you got to listen. You can't sit there and be shocked when this stuff happens and you're like, I've never heard of this. It's because you're not listening enough, I think is the best way to, to sum it up here. We do have a couple of quick notes before we kind of get into our day-by-day and talk about the games themselves. First and foremost, the best way I can think to, to segue here is with this topic. Endo, did you see the Coachella Valley Firebirds jerseys? Yes. I actually saw them uh, li- uh, live on Twitch.tv slash Endo Millage where I was editing the, this guy's video. This was like a week behind, but you know. I saw them live, and uh, I don't want to say that I I did that first, but I did that first <laughs> when I was in uh, when I was messing around with NHL 22. I tried to reveal it on stream because um, I was just like, yeah, I, I made like a mock uniform that was kind of similar, but the, the the back numbers were inverted, so it was yellow instead of red. It was it was still nice, but these are these are clean. They're they're cleaner than um. I don't know. They're cleaner than clean. They're clean. Honestly, I wasn't sure how I felt about them at first. I do like, like, if you guys look at the jersey, you'll know, like, they have that little blue stripe at the bottom, which is kind of, Ooh. like, again, what the Seattle jerseys have. I mean, I literally have a Seattle jersey here, at least the sleeve of it. I think yeah. it'll be in screen. It's got that little red stripe. So they have the blue stripe to, you know, show, like, hey, uniformity. I don't mind it. The logo is going to take some getting used to. Like, the logo kind of looks like a knockoff Pokemon. It does. And but, I uh,. It. I, that's the thing. I love it, though. <laughs> exactly. Like, the logo's like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I like it, and it'll be nice to uh, have them in NHL 23 so we don't need the Palm Springs pineapples or whatever the hell it's automatically set to. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. But that was oh, nice. Yeah, I It's always nice so to much. see some new jerseys. Oh, I found out that, like, I think I was trying to make a franchise run because I figured you guys, you and Sin do it well. It must be fun. And for some reason, uh, it, I couldn't change the backup team. Like, mm-hmm. at all. So I had to, like, I don't know how I did it. So I had to, like, make, I made the team, but it wouldn't let me use that team as a, as a, as the AHL team for some super weird reason. So I had to remake the jerseys inside franchise mode, and it took, like, forever. Those, yeah. Those, those. It does take made. forever to make jerseys. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. Um, Shane Wright scored an incredible goal. Oh, my God. Over the weekend, so maybe just maybe the uh, the rumors of his demise and not being a worthy number one overall pick, which he still will be, uh, have been a little bit exaggerated. Uh, the Canadian Olympic roster has been announced. Again, we will wait until, number one, all three of us are here, but until all the rosters are announced and we will have our Olympic preview, but some very interesting names on that list, of course. And uh, shout out to Lokomotiv Yaroslavl of the uh, KHL who terminated Reed Boucher's contract. Good on you, KHL. Good on you. The law won't do anything, but the KHL will. <laughs> I was gonna say, Fuck. I was gonna say, quick shout out to Joshua Hosa if you're getting nominated Team Canada for the Olympics. But then you just went straight into Boucher. I was like, can you give me like a quick segue? I was hoping, like, just give me like, like a two second window. Give me like, ah, but yeah, yeah. Shout out. Steamrolled it. Yeah, you just went right through. 
No well, here, we'll talk about people being elected to great things. Josh Hosang on the Canadian Olympic team. David Ortiz is a baseball Hall of Famer. Suck it. Oh, yeah. Barry Bonds should be, though, too, which is bullshit. Oh, let's got. Let's oh, he cheated. Oh. Fucking everybody did. God yeah. damn it. Put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Just give them their own, like, section where it's called, like, the... <laughs> Call it Booster Juice and have, uh, what is it, <laughs> 129 different locations. The Barry Bonds Hall. Brought to you by Booster Juice. And it's just Richard like, Head saying the, doing his the, the, the promo for it on, on repeat. <laughs> oh, God. What a guy. I mean, hey, I'm excited for Josh Hosang. I'm excited for Landon Ferraro, former Bruin. Ray oh, Ferraro's yeah. reaction, his dad on Twitter, was great. That's one of those things, though, I will say, right? Like, as much as people want NHL players to go to the Olympics, I do too. I, I liked the 2018 Olympics. I did. Like, oh it was God. awesome. Russia almost beat the KHL All-Stars for the gold medal. You know, the USA and Canada rosters sucked, but it was kind of fun. And the fact that, yeah, someone like Josh Hoseng gets to be an Olympian, I think is cool as shit. Yeah. And probably the number one reason why he hasn't signed a contract with the Leafs to make sure he could go to the Olympics. Or the fact that he just doesn't care about playing for the playoffs. Also, I really don't think the Leafs have any cap space to bring him up. Even regardless, sent to like a one year, like what's 100 mil contract or like just a legal minimum, they would not have any space for him. They'd make room, but I think he's going to be a black ace for the playoffs. If not, get, get someone to take Nick Ritchie's contract. <laughs> no one wants his contract. We're, we're idiots. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> we, we, believed in, we believed in Barb Underhill to recover everybody we grab in. We tried that. She's not. It, she's not a saint. She's, she's close, yeah. but she's not a saint. <laughs> she can't fix everyone's yeah. skating. Okay. That's uh, goddamn. As we say that, um, Justin Brazo is like still in like the. Uh, he's with the Bruins, and I think right the Providence Bruins or. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think actually he might be with the. Is he with the Providence Bruins or the Maine Mariners? I think he's in Maine. I know he's on an ECHL with Maine. Because he was... Yeah, uh, so he's played for both. Elite Prospects is showing him uh, on the Providence Bruins right now, where he has seven points in 13 games. He has 20 points in 18 ECHL games. What a champ. Yeah. He is... He absolutely killed the ECHL over here with... um, uh, Fuck, what is it? Newfoundland. uh, The Growlers. Yeah, he he was killing it with the Growlers. It's unfortunate that, uh, you know, he couldn't make that massive success that he had in OHL to ECHL then to grow with the Marlies. But I think the Marlies have, like, the biggest depth pool still, uh, obviously, Leaf bias. But they used to have, like, the craziest depth pool in, like, development. Because all so like many Like when Carl Grundstrom, Andreas Janssen, and all those oh guys were God. winning the Calder Cup. Yeah, and then we got... Oh, my God. Was, that was wild. I think... And here's my theory. Those guys threw Game 7 away just so they can go win a Calder Cup. <laughs> Lay me out. I, 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 got, I got a big brain, but yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. I'll, you know what? I choose to believe it because it's more fun. Yeah. Let's go with that. I choose to believe it. <laughs> so with that, we'll move on to our day-by-day, you know, kind of breaking down some of the things that have hop- uh, happened in hockey over the past couple of days since our last show. Uh, we'll start off with last Friday. Uh, the Hurricanes beat the Rangers 6-3. to Sebastian Ajo, 17 goals on the year. He's a beast. 
Chris Kreider's 26th, and he would not be done by the end of the weekend. And uh, shout out to Mika Zabanajad with his uh, 15th as well, which is pretty nice. It's going to be a fun episode for people to watch on the video side of things as the webcams keep switching around. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, well, G- quick update, GPU update. I got the GPU. Um, like, it came in today. I've been freaking out like a small child because it's like, yeah, I can finally do stuff. I can play games and have it not crash. Um, and so that might be causing some issues with my PC. Uh, with my mm. with my uh, card, not my card, but the um, the Elgato, whatever. Technical issues, you know. You put one thing in and something else breaks randomly. Also, quick shout out, Brian fucking Boyle, tweener goal. I mean, it's against the Coyotes, but through the legs, yeah. still got it. That is <laughs> that is a man. <laughs> like that is a that's a big man. That's a big boy doing a move like that. Yeah, there there are bits of breaking news. We are recording the show later in the day than we normally do. Uh, I will mention, uh, we'll talk more about it in depth, but there are certain things that have, that have come up on the Twitter timeline where I'm like, ah, we'll save that for, for next show. we got enough to talk about today. Um, which, speaking of which, uh, also on Friday, Pittsburgh beating Columbus 5-2. to Sidney Crosby with a hat trick. Oh, yeah. I think he's got, I think he's got a bright future, that Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Ten goals on the year. Oof. Sid the kid. I'm telling you, uh, I think the be- the best. Pl- I was having a conversation about this uh, the other day, and the best players are the ones who you don't see, like mm-hmm. go up the go up the score sheet like almost every day. Like when they mm-hmm. when they go, they hit. When Sidney Crosby like is on the board and he hits those like he hits he hits. Like the the silent guys who get all the work done, beautiful. Um, that's why I think Sid's still in the con- contention for one of the best in the game, if not almost ever, to go up and lace the skates, because he's still dominant. He's still still got it. The, uh, oh, I should know too, Boone Jenner, 16th of the year for Columbus, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about them. Their playoff chances are uh, starting to wane a little bit. Dallas beat Detroit 5-4 in overtime. Uh, Jason Robertson, I will mention him on every damn show because he won't stop scoring up to 16 goals on the year. I have a Sagan Dallas jersey. I need to get a new Dallas jersey, and it's going to be a Robertson. Absolutely love this guy. Um, Rupe Hintz is his 17th of the year. For the Red Wings, uh, Robbie Fabry, 11th goal on the year. Not bad. Signed a contract extension this year. Dylan Larkin uh, absolutely destroyed John Klingberg to score his 19th of the year. If anyone missed that highlight, go check it out. And uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, remember when he had like 10 goals in five games? Or at least it felt like it. He's up to 19. Uh, But the Wings now obviously played over half their games this year. But an interesting one. The Islanders shut out the Coyotes 4-0. Maybe the easiest shutout that Ilya Sorokin will ever have. (laughs) Because, I mean, come on. Uh, Brock Nelson with two goals. We'll get into some other games coming up here that have a bit more meat on the bone to talk about. Wild over the Blackhawks. No one's surprised. Ryan Hartman scored two goals. He has 18 goals this season. The hell. And then, uh, also on Friday, Spencer Martin between the pipes for the Canucks against the Florida Panthers. Panthers win it 2-1 in a shootout. It took a ridiculous goal from Sasha Barkoff. Uh, to get the win, oh, yeah. but again, we've talked about this before. You just get goalies stepping up out of nowhere. It's like, hey, I'm going to be good. Here's Zach Fukale. He's back. And he's finally making his NHL debut, and he has a great performance. Like Goalies are 
absolutely bizarre is the only way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and As a goalie yourself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I want to go look up Spencer Martin in his career, and I just see Canucks at goalie Spencer Martin to COVID protocol. Can't catch oh, a break. Oh, fun. Gets up, gets up, gets his chance to play, and then can't catch a break. Oh, man. That's unfortunate. That is something else. That's brutal. Yeah. Best wishes to him, of course. Mm. Uh, shout out to Elite One C Derek Grant. Two goals in a game as the Ducks beat the Lightning on Friday, five to one. I can't believe what he's the a hell? first liner. That's ridiculous. I don't know if he is, but that's always the meme from Ducks fans is Elite One C. Um, I don't. I don't know why. I, I don't know why that meme became a thing. Because <laughs> like um, I believe like he's they fine. Had him, they had him started on the first line, like I think for like a game, and they're like, holy mm. shit, and they just went with it. It makes sense. Uh, in the final game on Friday, the Blues beat the Kraken five to nothing. <laughs> Shout out uh, every Blues fan who continues to remind me all season long that Billy Huso is legit. Uh, I viewed him as the backup goalie, where it's like this guy is not NHL caliber, and this year Billy Huso has been insane. So thank you, Billy, for trying to make me look foolish. It's not that difficult to do. Uh, but it's at the point now where you're starting to see articles written that maybe, just maybe, uh, the Blues should go with Vili Husso over Jordan Binnington. Husso has 13 games played with a 188 goals against average and a 943 save percentage. <laughs> Goalies are voodoo, man. Yeah. Goalies are voodoo. It could be like a new set of gear. It could be like the way they... Way they tie their shoes. Oh, I Whack. ate an apple this morning instead of an orange, and now I'm Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's how it is. Like, randomly, it's just like, hey, I, like, stepped on a tack today. I am now, like, God incarnate in net. Like, I don't I don't know, like, I don't know how the best way to explain that word, like, super streaky and, like, inconsistent. Like, when you, like. I just, want yeah. <laughs> the most ridiculous examples from people. Over what slight thing could have changed that would then make a goalie elite? Oh, I stubbed my left toe instead of my right toe. Now I'm elite. You want to hear one? I want the most ridiculous examples. You want to hear one right now? Yes, I do. I Please. adjusted my Velcro strap by 0.1 centimeters <sighs> down and it gave me more move the more room to move. And I got a shutout against a bunch of like ex NHLers. <laughs> <laughs> Endo Mills, ladies and gentlemen, sign him. Ebug, Toronto, Ebug, make I mean, it happen. David Ayers is um, too busy uh, maintaining the ice over at Ryerson Rams uh, facilities. It's okay. Hey, you gotta get in. someone in there. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> let's make it happen. God. We'll move to Saturday. Sabers beat the Flyers six to three. Two goals for Jeff Skinner, up to sixteen on the year. Jeff Skinner. Do you know how many goals Jeff Skinner scored last year? When everyone's like, oh my god, he's cooked. Ten. The official number for last season was seven. <laughs> he had seven goals in 53 games. Jeffy, my boy, why have you forsaken me? He had 14 and 59 the year before. And then the, then there was the... Dude, the 40-goal season was 18-19. So, I mean, Jeff Skinner's 40-goal season was pre-pandemic. Yeah. Which means it feels like it was 18 years ago at this point. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Good for Jeff Skinner. That's Recently, pa- he just passed 200 career goals this season. Wow. He's on 204. So. There you go. That Sabres deal, it's not looking as bad. Yeah. Uh, Tage Thompson, two goals up to 14 on the year. He's been great this season. And then Peyton Krebs, part of the Jack Eichel return, uh, scored his first two NHL goals in the same game, which is pretty sweet. And then for the Flyers, uh, two goals for Claude Giroux, up to 14 on the year. And uh, number one on a lot of people's uh, being moved at the deadline list. Yeah. Because the Flyers are, unlike Jeff Skinner, the Flyers are cooked. Absolutely toast. <laughs> like, just done. It's a good team on paper, but, like, they just can't produce. Kind of like uh, your pick with Seattle. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Does that remind me? Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I'm never going to live down thinking that Seattle could, could take the division. I know I'm never going to live it down. It's yep. okay. You're cut from the podcast? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God, it's like okay. If I if I actually brought you on to the show for the reason that some people tried to claim when I first did, you only brought Endo on to be a Jesse Blake ripoff. Then right now I would open up, but I'd open up Twitter on my phone and say, okay, who who's the next black friend in line? <laughs> but that's not the case. People actually said Endo's that? on that's the show weird. because Endo's the fucking man. Oh my god. Call me out on my bullshit. I'm high as shit right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, No, I have a really, I've had a really, really bad chronic migraine. So I had, um, I had, I think, one and a half of an edible and it's hitting. Uh, It hit, the the bean (laughs) kicked in and it it kicked in a lot faster than I thought it was going to. I'm okay though. He's good. Yeah. That's why the webcam keeps freezing. Yeah, it's (laughs) not, but it's okay. Uh, Also want to mention for the Sabres, um, GM Kevin Adams kind of alluded towards the fact that Owen Power could sign with the team and play after the Olympics and the NCAA playoffs and get a couple games in at the end of the season. I would I'd be intrigued. I would not be opposed to that. Your season's already, like, weird. Uh, just just let it happen. Let him play out. Uh, let him play out his dream of making the chill uh, after being that. He was, you know, he was number one pick, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the number one overall pick this past year. Let's hope this time they can um, keep a number one pick. Yeah, I mean, he has 26 points in 24 games for Michigan this year. Yeah. Had five points in those two World Junior games before that was canceled. Mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued to see what he can do for the Canadian Olympic roster. I, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to watch Owen Power play hockey. I mean, dude, the guy's a freak. Like, he's he's 19 years old. He's listed on Elite Prospects at 6'6", 214 pounds, which means by the peak of his career, he'll be like 230. <laughs> it's like he's the he's the freaking next pronger if he has a you know big enough mean streak. Like it's it's nuts. So very excited to watch what he can do. And uh, yeah, Sabres, Sabres fans, despite being dead last in attendance this year, uh, do have some reason to be excited. A little bit uh, down the road. Um, again, I will. I saw those updated attendance numbers, and uh, again, that coyotes, that coyotes hate. It's ridiculous. Those narratives, bullshit. I won't stand for them. I won't do it. Uh, also on Saturday, the Bruins beat the Winnipeg Jets three to two. David Pasternak scored again, nineteenth of the year. I do want to mention that uh, every single time the Bruins play a, a Western Conference team, it's a barn burner, and I absolutely love it. It's the best. Uh, put the Bruins in the West. 
Make it happen. I'm tired of all these Eastern Conference matchups. Put the Bruins in the West. Give me some new matchups. I'm ready. Give me Minnesota. Give me Nashville. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me slice of apple pie. I am ready for these. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not because I'm high. It's just that's just funny. It's the dumbest thing I've ever said on this show. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I should point out. Canada was the, uh, I was looking this up because I was obviously talking about Owen Power being on the Olympic team. Canada uh, was the last team we were waiting for to uh, announce their Olympic roster. So next episode, we're doing the breakdowns. All three of us will be here and we will look at the Olympic rosters and uh, give our predictions. There's some interesting ones on here. Boy, aren't there. Especially that Team China roster. Featuring the likes of former Portland Pirate, Ethan Warrick. <laughs> That's right. There's a player for Team China named oh. Ethan. There's also Ryan oh. Spruill. And uh, Jake Chelios is on the Chinese Olympic what? roster. Son of Chris Chelios. Jake Chelios will be uh, apparently on the roster for China. This is going to be fun to break down these rosters. So, Where is he uh, playing right now? What the hell? Uh, Kunlun Red Star. Oh, <laughs> of course. Okay. So, uh, for 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 basic breakdown, uh, for people who don't know, because I was I remember this was a thing. Um, what the Chinese team, what the Chinese national development team has done there, is they use Kunlun Red Star, the only, the first and only uh, KHL team in China, but plays mm-hmm. out of Moscow. Because of reasons, don't don't worry about it. Uh, motherland doesn't motherland wants. Um, how do I? What was they use that team as a development for the Chinese mm-hmm. national program? And if you do play for the team, they will give you. They will basically um, get you uh, like like not like how, what is it when you national status to allow you to play yeah. like, for that team. Kind of not similar to how um, uh, Nigel Dawes, um, one of the like the top scoring players in the KHL, um, is he's he's Canadian born, uh, Canadian Jamaican, uh, but has national status to go play for Kazakhstan, and he's done that for years now, and he's like a KHL god. The vast majority. Of the Chinese Olympic roster is made up by the Kunlun Red Star roster. Yep. So, again, that'll be fun to talk about on Friday. Uh, also, on Saturday, I mean, the Avs beat the Habs. That's not a surprise. 3-2 in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to, like, Landeskog hit his 15th of the year. Uh, the Devils beat the Hurricanes, though. Uh, Devils at 15, 19, and 5 after this game. Again, the injuries just brutalized them this year, but... Uh, again, they reclaimed Nathan Bastion on waivers after he ended up in Seattle. He had two goals. He's up to eight now. Jack Hughes hit his 10th. So things aren't brutal for the Devils. I think the Devils, unfortunately, are just in that rough spot where you're like, okay, we're still a year or two away. Uh, but still reasons to be optimistic. Still some fun players to watch this year. The Rangers beat the Coyotes 7-3 to on Saturday. Chris Kreider with a hat trick for his 29th of the year. Uh, for the Coyotes, the only real talking point is Clayton Keller. 15th of the year, I'm honestly surprised there aren't as many trade rumors. <laughs> what are you doing? We're getting to the like stealthy, 
the stealthy popcorn transition, huh? Yeah, we're getting to like the well really done. interesting stuff. So that's why. This is why you watch the video version on the yeah. Tukey's Take Podcast YouTube channel. Um, all the rumors for the Coyotes are surrounding Jake Chikrin. Yeah. And like even the Bruins' name is being thrown around now, which, yes, please. Um, although not for Jeremy Swayman. Stay the hell away. Uh, but. You know, uh, I don't know. Maybe Keller is the one guy they want to keep. He does have six years left at seven one five. So no matter how good he is, he might be untradeable. Yeah. Um, he might be for that deal. But Clayton Keller's having a great season. The Washington Capitals beat the Ottawa Senators three to two in overtime. Ovi with two goals, up to twenty nine to tie Chris Kreider. They showed a graphic though at the beginning of the game. Showing Alex Ovechkin with 759 career goals and the entire Sens lineup having a combined 627. <laughs> like, just su- such an unnecessary flex, you know? Like, poor Ottawa. Come on. It's a, it's a hilarious stat line. It really is, but uh, oof. Just oof. And then, I want to turn this over to you. Because on Saturday, the Leafs beat the Islanders 3-1. to This rivalry won't die, will it? Islanders fans will not stop chanting at John Tavares. I want this to be a playoff series desperately. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is it's incredibly one-sided because it seems like the Leafs beat them every time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I mean, yeah. Where, where's the lie? Fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also want to mention here, uh, it was after this game, I do believe that it was announced that, uh, I mean, one of the best goddamn hockey players of all time, uh, that Clark Gillies, Islanders legend, uh, had passed away. There's not too much that I can sit here and say to, to hype up a hockey hall of famer, a four-time cup winner. Like he was the captain of those Islanders teams. Like this was an incredible, incredible hockey player. What I will recommend is Elliot Friedman's most recent 32 thoughts at the very bottom. Uh, there is uh, essentially, I think it's a full podcast plugin just titled remembering Clark Gillies. I listened to it earlier. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. Um, and again, for Islanders fans and just that organization, this is a major, major loss for the of a team legend. So I highly recommend checking that out. To get through these other games here, because why not? Uh, Preds beat the Red Wings 4-1 to one on Saturday. Matt Duchesne with two goals. He's up to 19 on the year. Philip Forsberg hit his 20th. Uh, Matt Duchesne, the first 99 card in Hutz. Woo! Now shut the fuck up about it and go back to just doing nothing. <laughs> God, that was so fucking annoying. I'm glad that he got the 99 so we can shut the fuck up. This route's like, yeah, man. Like that was that was literal gambling. That was yeah. like non like you got away with the loot box shit, EA. You got away, but barely. Barely. You you you, you, you can't you have to disclose it in Belgium now. Like, you know, you have to you have to do that now. But it is unreal how crazy the community went because of this hot card. It was like, think of like GameStop, and that whole fiasco. But like on an even like, I know Sin's gonna correct me like next like on Friday or whatever. I don't care if it's not actually like that or related at all. But just 
like the idiocy of everyone just hyping up this entire this this one card and like while meanwhile yelling about how the game sucks and like yeah but this card though this this like early stages of an nft related item this card yeah the stonks it go up number go hit 99 what happens after that we we do nothing we yell at the game and say oh it sucks oh she has 97 fighting you're not wrong with everything you just said it is one of the smartest things that they do though Mm -hmm. for hut is the idea of letting you get invested into these guys doing well in real life they do the same thing with the all-star games and stuff like that it's smart. It's just a shame that the game is, uh, yeah. Shit. And it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone, there was nothing uh, that came out re- like yet, yeah, like today for NHL. Um, yeah, I think it's coming out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Thursday, and people were complaining about the the poking system. Like, oh, it's broken. Why can't you fix it? Why can't you fix it? Come on, like, come on, do something. Move, shake it, like. What people, what I want people to understand is game develop. I'm not gonna, I'm not defending development whatsoever. I'm saying that game development itself is a beast. You could take out one small little thing that you don't think has any attachment to anything whatsoever, and then like everything else breaks. You could have a sound file that plays randomly, and you're trying to get rid of that, and then oops, uh, there goes the ice. The ice is no longer there, and now players are just kind of like falling into a void. So for something that's for that people to try to make a hot fix to fix the the pokey situation and try to change something and how the game's formulated post launch, that's not gonna happen. Because it costs way too much time and resources to fix it right now when you could possibly rewrite the entire code again for the next game. That's the nature of game development. That's the beast that it that it is. Even then, something as deep down in there as like basic physical movement and interaction, that would it would it would be great to get that in there as soon as possible. But sometimes things break and you don't know how it breaks until it goes into the wild. And you can do as many peer tests as you want and all that, but that's that's it. That's all shoot that's how it is. I will say as well, they added two changes to roster sharing from that patch. One you can finally put numbers in the name of your roster. Oh my god! To put like V four, V five for the version. You, oh my! You roster guys should have just absolutely <laughs> praised it and been like, "Wow, I can count!" Oh my god, it's the best. Oh. Uh, the biggest thing though for offline players, uh, they added the ability to uh, a patch in December. They gave us the ability to edit the shoot pass bias of created players. They are now opening that up. For every player in the game, which is awesome. So, like for creative, like for people who are super into franchise, obviously, like now we're gonna be able to make sure that Connor McDavid shoots the puck and puts up a lot of points. That David Posternock doesn't play like a playmaker and shoots the damn thing. I'm gonna be very intrigued to see if they change those numbers or if we actually get to see that. Like, oh yeah, David Posternock passes 11 out of 15 times instead of shoots the puck. I'm very intrigued to see what those numbers look like. This I is more, wait. this is more, um, like the, this is more shit for you to get yelled at about though. I worship the yell at them about in terms of like, Oh, you have like Connor McDavid as a pass only guy. And I wish that there is more access to bore of the tuners in there because this is now messing with individual player AI. 
and because mm. uh, obviously when that like every body on there has like a I, I, I want to say like a digital identifier, but for least learns like that that that's that guy. Here's his stats. Here's that whatsoever. It seems like they're leaning into more of the uh, slider based like mechanic stuff, like like you really like that was in two K. And I think mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, you may have had a bigger bigger influence in this, and I think you you thought you did originally, where it's like, oh, we added the the blocking and tendencies. Now we have all tendencies. Thanks. Shot shot pass sliders. I know. Yeah. We'll get we're getting there, there boys. Yeah, we'll get there. We're yeah. getting there. <laughs> You're like, oh, can we get up? Can we get like a pass uh, slider? Okay, you're pushing it. That's a little bit too much. Can we get one so that way, like goalies who are certain styles actually use that certain style? So if I have a butterfly goalie, he's actually using butterfly. And if he's have a high range, yeah. he's actually using a little bit of both. And if you have a stand up, he's not playing in the NHL. Uh, you know. <laughs> 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 if he's doing stand-up, he's doing the mocap over at uh, EA EA Burnaby. Jesus, have a better shot of be better shot of being successful at actual stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke. Stand-up goal. <laughs> Just so that's stupid. the joke. Oh my god! <laughs> you have oh to reassure god. yourself that's the joke that you made. No one's laughing. You're like, beautiful. That's the joke. <laughs> No, I'm saying it's like, that's the joke. Stand up. It's terrible. <laughs> Not like, hey, please laugh. Please clap. Please clap. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. When, when, I, when you told me um, uh, earlier on a message about certain, something else, it's like, oh, yeah, this is over. So I can finally do this. And I sent you the, the picture of Jeb Bush with the map. <laughs> So people don't know like the Jed Bush meme. There's a meme where it's just like him winning. Just look it up. Just look it up. It's just it's, <laughs> it's the better. Best. Like Jed, you get like Jeb Bush, please clap. You'll get like a like a Glock where it says please clap on it, or you'll get like um, or or you'll get this one where it's just him like it all winning all the electoral votes with a golden U.S. and he's just like leaning back like this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my god, hockey, everybody, hockey. Uh, Wild beat the Hawks because the Hawks suck ass. Alex DeBrincat scored his 24th, but he's not untouchable. Idiots. Uh, and then on Saturday, the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 5-3 to in the worst win in club history as it'll maintain the status quo. Nothing will change because, damn it, we beat Calgary. Evan Bouchard scored twice. Dreisaitl scored twice. Who cares that we're 10 and 0 on the season when we score first? <laughs> They've scored first in 15 uh, oh god, yeah, this was a stat from Chris Johnson. They're 10 and 0 when scoring first. But in 15 of their last 16 games, they've given up the first goal. This team collapses mentally when they're trailing. But we're not going to change anything because we beat Calgary. Idiots. I think I think they don't want to change anything because they know if they lose a game, they're going to have to pick up a Vander Kane. <laughs> they only won because they didn't want to have to pick up a Vander. Oh, my oh God. God. This is hilarious. Like That's still going to happen. Though. That's still going to happen. They For can sure. try. They can try all they want, but they can't avoid. Um, yeah, that. Uh, last game, I wish somebody should have talked about this one from Saturday. The Lightning beat the Sharks 7-1. to Oh, no. Uh, the unfortunate news for the Sharks now, 
Eric Carlson is going to be out until March after having surgery for a muscle tear in his left forearm. They're selling at the deadline. They have to. At this point, you lose Eric Carlson. The Sharks are selling. They're 21-19-2. You're not going to have who is still arguably your best defenseman for like a month and a half. Uh, yeah, no, sell if you're San Jose. And that creates some interesting set of circumstances. Again, hurdles deals up at the end of the year. Uh, I am intrigued to see what they do. But I would imagine they will be sellers at this deadline and are probably going to be better off for it, especially if they can keep getting steals like William Eklund much further down the board than where he should be available. Yeah. Oh, man. God, freaking, I, I have no reaction to what you just responded to on Twitter. It's fine. Uh, on Sunday, we'll just breeze through these two. Uh, <laughs> Penguins uh, beat the Jets in a shootout. I'm going to steamroll you here. I'm steamrolling you. It's fine. Hockey. Shout out to Blake Wheeler, who scored his second goal of the year in 24 games. Who cares? What What are the assists, though? Screw you, Sin. It's 17 assists, 19 points, 24 games. Two goals for Blake Wheeler. Trash. The word of architect. Trash. Much like the Bills' clock management with 13 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Trash. Trash. You see, I can Trash. dunk on them because I, I like a team just because they played in my city once. Okay. God, I wasn't going to talk about football because Sin's not here, but God damn it, the Buffalo Bills blew it. Yeah. Oh, the referees and the rules are stupid. They are, but the Bills also blew it. I'm sorry, but yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. You blew it. God. Uh, shout out to Crosby who's closing in on 500 goals. Uh, Teddy Bluger took a high hit from Brendan Dillon in this game that fractured his jaw that will result in Bluger being out for like two to three months. No call on the play, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Great job to the Department of Player Safety. And uh, Jason Zucker is also out week to week. He's missed some games recently too. So the Penguins continue to lose players and uh, will continue to just grow back their limbs and continue to be a great team that makes the playoffs. They're 26-10-5, and and they'll be just fine because Tristan Jari has turned into an elite starter this year. So yeah. good for them. Congrats. Oh, so there was no call because uh, George Perros was too busy downvoting those videos still. He's on a roll. <laughs> he, he can't stop, won't stop. Someone's out, so someone said, Tuki's take sent me, and he's like, I hate them. He's done. Oh, my Get God. Them out of here. <laughs> I just love the idea of George Perros review bomber. <laughs> Best episode title in the history of the show, easily. <laughs> We've had some good ones in the past, but that might be my favorite. God damn. Oh my god. Oh god. Other games, Sens beat the Blue Jackets. Meh. Kings beat the Devils. Meh. Uh Kraken beat the Panthers because for some reason again teams like the Kraken can suck but prove to just be tricky teams for really good teams to beat. Yeah. Um, and the final game on Sunday kind of leads us to our next big talking point that I'm very happy to talk about here. As the St. Louis Blues beat the Vancouver Canucks 3-1, it was another Huso win. Jordan Cairo got a 16th of the year against uh, Michael DiPietro. So again, I don't know what the hell is going on with the Couve and their uh, goaltending situation. The Canucks announced, and uh, excuse me on the pronunciation here, of course, but Emily Castangue, 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 uh, I, I'm sorry for not knowing how to pronounce your name. I'm a horrible American who doesn't speak French. Uh, but she was named. Sacre bleu. Oh, Carey Price, number one Golar. I'll let you fromage and you're okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a way to just. <laughs> what? 
nuts. It's the meme. It, the Dexter's lab. She the, was named. Okay, sorry. She was named. This is a monumental moment, and we're doing this bullshit. Dude. <laughs> Only this podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, she, she was named. The assistant general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. She becomes just the second woman in the history of the NHL to ever hold that position after Angela Gorgon? Gorgoni. I'm not sure. It depends on how Italian you are, Angela. Uh, but she held the same position with the Anaheim Ducks back in 96-97. First time in 25 years that a woman has held an assistant general manager spot. She is more than qualified. She was the only uh, certified uh, player agent that happens to be a woman. Uh, again, the only woman certified as a player agent by the NHLPA, which is absurd. Yeah. Uh, uh, she was the agent for Alexi Lafreniere, Marie-Philippe Poulin, Antoine Roussel, Jacob Pelletier, Cedric Paquette, uh, P.O. and Matthew Joseph. Like, more than qualified. More than qualified and a, a great move. A great story as well. I recommend uh, everyone kind of read up some of the pieces that have been written on this uh, signing. Uh, great move for the Canucks. One of the things that happened on Twitter that I, I wasn't going to reference, we'll talk more about it when more of the details are known, uh, but the Canucks have also named uh, their new outright GM. Uh, so good for the Canucks for finally making some changes. And again, a great signing here that I think, again, you talk about Women being interviewed for jobs in management. Women getting these jobs. The PHF taking their big step forward. Um, obviously, again, the Olympics are coming up, which are going to be amazing for women's hockey. Mm -hmm. The NHL update that we talked about is adding in the women's teams as well. This is a wonderful time to be a fan of women's hockey. Yeah, it's And women in hockey, for yeah. that matter. Respect women. Uh, this Respect is Whammon. I remember I said at the no sleeves. He was like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, respect whammon. <laughs> He's like, what's whammon? Like, oh, but this oh is, it's God. a great time just in general for hockey. I'm all for more hockey. I'm all for increasing opportunities for other people in hockey. Like the amount of people that are, amount of people on the Canadian national team that are from the PHWPA, which play like, they play like two, three games like a month or whatever. Like, the amount of people, hmm. players from there is staggering. The amount of, like, interest in women's hockey now is bigger than ever. Especially with the expansion of the, um, expansion of roster sizes and, uh, salaries and an investment to put in their team. Like, that's big. Shout out to, um, a friend of mine, uh, what is her, uh, God, I can't remember, I can't remember her first name, it's Hoffman. Uh, goaltender for the Toronto Six, uh, from Six. I actually went to um, went to elementary together. Yeah, the edibles have been kicking in, everybody. Yeah, they have been kicking <laughs> in. Tara Hoffman, sorry. There we go, Tara Hoffman. Uh, was, went to Yale, uh, I think, for, for school there, played goalie there. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Congrats. Yeah. You're getting paid. Can I borrow yeah. five Hey, bucks? shout out as well. Um, talk about the PWHPA, uh, the SDPN. Brought on. Uh, oh yeah, I was about to say that too. I remember there was something yeah. with Steve Angle podcast, <laughs> and that podcast too is. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to take a listen to it. I've I'm with Noxie and Cax, which I think is going to be really fun. That's a cool name. Even in the YouTube space too, like it was it was great. Um, yeah. God damn! Uh, like just stuff. again, so much. There. Speaking of the YouTube space too, uh, congrats to Gravity as well. Signing on with Sportsnet. Yeah. From a kid who used to watch me on Twitch, and now he bigger and better than I could ever be and I, I'm happy for it to be honest like a lot of people are like do you think that's weird I'm like no it's fucking awesome are you yeah. kidding me 
Uh, like, goddamn. Brandon I... is eating his words for sure. Yeah, good luck. Oh, Nikki. Well, that's the number one reason yeah. why I'm happy about it. You got Brandon Press sassing a kid in, uh, on Twitter, and now the kid's like, yeah, I work in Sportsnet. What are you doing, you fucking loser? He's too <laughs> nice of a kid to ever say that, which is why he's on Sportsnet, and I'm not, and I'm okay with that. It's delightful. <laughs> Oh man, he's got tons of energy too. I watched the video, and he's got the he's yeah. got the jazz hands going. I'm like, where am I supposed to look? Where am I supposed to look at you? The jersey, the icon, like your hand just going up. <laughs> the like, stuff on the screen, the yeah. information. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. God. Oh, God. Uh, to wrap up the show, we'll talk about Monday really quickly too. Uh, the Ducks beat the Bruins five to three. I want to play every Western team but the Ducks. Uh, Troy Terry scored his twenty third of the year because he's a a god. Mm-hmm. David Posternak got his 20th. It was really a rough loss. Um, biggest thing for the Bruins coming out of this are just questions about Tuka Rask. He's played four games now. He has a 428 goals against average and an 844 save percentage. Mm-hmm. He came back too soon. He did. He he came back too soon. I, I hate to say it. Um, I, I do, like, I'm not overly worried right now I just think it is very unfortunate he wasn't able to get those warm-up games in with the Providence Bruins because he's not quite playing to the peak of his ability yet. And unfortunately for the Bruins, you know, you have Allmark and Swayman who are both playing really well, and it, it does hurt a little bit to take the time to allow Tuca to get into form when, in you know, in theory, a team like, say, the Detroit Red Wings aren't horrifically far back. Yeah. Um, I think the, the big call that messed everything up was, uh, those games getting canceled, um, uh, with Providence, uh, that would have been a good way for him to get back in his bearings on there. Like he, he played his greatest first game, but after that, I was just exposed completely. Yeah. And there are certain things that like you've had, you haven't had like in game action because hockey is like the, the, the fastest sport. That is still practice, like in practice, you're still going game level speed, if not just like a notch lower. And but nothing compares to playing against players that you don't play against every day and having to adapt off of that after not playing in the NHL for God, when, when was the last time he played? Like last year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he had the surgery after the end of the season. Right. If I'm not mistaken. And so. like coming back basically and having to adjust. To being back where you're at, it takes it takes time. Like um, full disclosure here again, uh, Ontario is opening up hockey rinks again as of the 31st of January. I'm going to be on the ice, and I'm going to be I'm going to be absolutely terrible. My edge work's going to be completely crap, and I'm probably not going to want to go against like a bunch of bunch of high level players if I can't like skate or move the way that I'm familiar with. Um, imagine that, but coming off a of surgery. And playing in the largest professional hockey league in, if not North America, the world. It's it's mm. it's similar, but on different aspects. And maybe I think he did need more time to recover. And yeah. As well for the Ducks, the NHL writers' caller voting was revealed so far. Trevor Zegras in first, Moritz Sider, and then Lucas Raymond as the top three. Uh, Zegras has also been invited to take part in the Breakaway Challenge at the Skills Comp, uh, which is great. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Of course, we talked about how he should be there. Yeah. I don't know how I feel 
about Zegris right now being viewed as the favorites. Because I feel like it's a little bit... Man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it just feels like it's the easy one to make, where it's like, hey, here's this, this next great American player. Whereas, okay, he's three points behind Lucas Raymond. Raymond's played four more games. But Moritz Sider only has four less. Moritz Sider's on a 50-point pace as a rookie defenseman at 20 years old, man. Playing top pair of minutes for the Detroit Red Wings. If Moritz Sider can't win the Calder, then we need two different... We need we need three different Calder awards. If Moritz Sider at this pace, if this keeps up, he doesn't win it. We need three different Calders. Best forward, best defenseman, best goaltender. Because otherwise, it's just... When is it going to go to a defenseman again? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, Endo, I'll ask you. Do you recall the last time a defenseman won the Calder? I'm trying to think. Think of, like, the best defenseman in the NHL right now. Beyond Fnuff. Yes. Uh, so, Kale McCarr won it in the 1920 season. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to... Oh, I can't remember. That was, was, that was so recent. Shoot. Kale McCarr won it in the 1920 season. Right. Aaron Eckblad won it in 14-15. Tyler Myers in 2009-2010. And that's it. Since the 05 lockout, three defensemen have won the Calder. One goalie, that was Steve Mason oh in 0809. Steve Mason. Oh I'm not God, saying Steve that Mason. it's not likely, if not highly probable, that yeah, the forwards of those rookie classes were all the best. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Like Endo, your birth year again, because I think there have been five, maybe four. I think it's been five people for as long as you've been alive, defensemen, that have won the Calder. Something sketchy about that, you know? Nice. Yeah. Uh, way, to, <laughs> way to reference my birth year. Make me feel young again. Thank you. Yeah. yeah You're a young, young man. Yeah. we be here a long, long time. I hope so. Um, breaks from snow shoveling. God. <laughs> from putting this podcast on my back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my <boy>. god <laughs> alright we have a couple of the games to talk about really quickly here to wrap up this show uh, the Flames beat the hell out of the St. Louis Blues 7-1 to what the hell uh, you had the Vegas Golden Knights and Robin Leonard shut out the Washington Capitals 1-0 because the Golden Knights are still gross even if they won't get Jack Eichel until the playoffs uh, the Minnesota Wild beat the Montreal Canadiens 8-2 Highlighted by the fact that Kirill Kaprizov now has 100 career points in 92 games, which is the fastest uh, amount, uh, or the fast, yeah, least amount of games to hit 100 points in wild history. But a stat came out for Cole Caulfield. We just talked about the rookie race. Cole Caulfield has one goal in 29 games. Remember when on this podcast we talked about how much of a mistake it was for them to call him back up from the Laval Rocket? Yep. Boy, turns out these podcasters know better than those in charge. Weird. <laughs> weird. I don't know. It's just it's it's weird how like everybody on earth knows better than them. But here we go. Cole Caulfield getting that NHL experience instead yeah. of tearing it up with Laval. It doesn't make any sense. I would have applied for GM ownership of the Montreal Canadiens with that pick right there, but they won't take me because I'm black and because uh, 
I'm not French speaking, even though I'm technically bilingual. I'm not French enough. There you go. <sighs> Please, <God>. clap. Please, <laughs> clap. <laughs> Please clap. Please clap. Please <laughs> clap. Uh, the Rangers beat the Kings 3-2 to in a shootout. Chris Kreider scored his 30th of the year, NHL leading 30th of the year. What the hell? And uh, for the Rangers as well, I saw the stat from Ryan Mead on Twitter. Since 2014, Igor Shesterkin has played 206 games of professional hockey. He is 142-38 and 38 in that time. 46-20 and 20 in the NHL combined. He is gross, he is disgusting, he is elite, he is amazing. Um, one of those words can be used to describe Brendan Lemieux. I'll let you decide which one. Uh, he got five in a game for boarding Ryan Lindgren. I will be honest, I did not think it was that bad of a hit. As in, the intent. He intended to hit him. I don't think he intended to drive Ryan Lindgren's face into the glass the way he did. But as I've said a thousand times on this podcast, it is not so much about intent sometimes as it is about the outcome. Right call, right penalty. I do think I hit with unfortunate circumstances. I don't know if Endo, if you saw the hit at all, but I wanted to give uh, my thoughts on that. I'm taking a look right now. Uh, there we go. Okay. Man, you know, I'm looking at this video. I'm looking at the, um, the LA Kings uh, with their golden helmet, their silver helmets, the bright, like the super, mm-hmm. like, fluorescent essentially and hmm. it takes me back to the casting for uh esports over over in, in europe what you guys do and everything how they play they should yeah. bring like the whole like player of like top score thing back over esports for at least here for north america it'd be cool have a little fun with it anyways back to the hit holy that was not <laughs> needed like at all like wh- yeah what what are you doing like I know you're trying to like finish a hit, but you go up high immediately. Like go for the stomach. I don't know. Like the back. Even then, hitting from behind. Like I get you're trying to finish your play, finish your check, but you just absolutely hit the guy in the numbers. Not needed. It's Brendan Lemieux, man. It's almost what you come to expect from him. Again, Brendan his reputation Lemieux. precedes him. Go. The Avalanche beat the Hawks two to nothing. Francois shutout. Uh, the Avs are 17-1-1 one one in their last 19 games and are number one in the league. At least they were at the time that, that stat was recorded. They have also now had the third most points from defenders through the first 40 games of a season in the last 30 years. So through 40 games, their defenders have combined for 132 points. Only the 92-93 Kings, who had 137, so five more points, had more. And the record, uh, at least for this time frame, is six points. Uh, the six points behind. So it's 138 points for the 92-93 Capitals, 137 for the 92-93 Kings, and then this Avs team, which is ridiculous if you think about how much the league has changed. What was in the water in 92-93, where defensemen were racking up so many points for these teams? I have no idea. And then the final thing to talk about here on this show, the Dallas Stars beat the Philadelphia Flyers 3-1. to Wanted to shout out Joe Pavelski, 17th of the year. This was their 12th loss in a row. As of the time of recording, the New York Islanders have beaten the Philadelphia Flyers to hand them their 13th loss in a row. Wow. Uh, I will shout out Keith Yandel for breaking the NHL's Ironman streak with a 965 consecutive game played, and that is probably the only positive for the Flyers this year. Uh, they announced before this game that Mike Yo was going to stay on as the interim head coach, and honestly, Endo, I say, why the hell not? They're not making the playoffs. They are a tire fire 
this season. You can't do any more damage. And at this point, start tanking. Have fun trading Claude Giroux. Oof. Yeah. The Philadelphia Flyers. I don't know. Philadelphia? Philadelphia. It used to be Philadelphia, but you cut off the, the part of the P. Now it's an F. Look at that. <laughs> I guess the I guess I guess the L and Flyers should also be capitalized. Yeah, Flyers. <laughs> I don't know why. Thank I just like just with a PH. I don't know why I did that. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Everybody, we want to thank you very much for listening to this show. As Endo continued to fade throughout due to the uh, extreme potency of patented Canadian edible edibles edibles cannabis. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, we will be back this Friday, though Sin will be joining us here, of course. And again, we'll have our little Olympic breakdown and talk about everything that happens over the next couple of days. We'll wax poetic about the Brian Boyle goal uh, oh. that was scored tonight and uh, so, so much more. Uh, but again, Endo, thank you for being here. It was uh, an interesting show. We made it through. You guys can find Endo on Twitter, on Twitch, Endo Mills, E-N-D-O Mills. I am everywhere, of course, at Tuki24. Uh, enjoy not seeing me while I have nothing to do but roster edit moving forward because the NHL, EA NHL series keeps giving me more work to do. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> good night. Good day. Goodbye. <laughs>